2: It's 1730 GMT. This is eyewitness news on ninety-seven point three CTFM. I am Umaru Sanda Amadou and I'm here tonight with
3: Akusia Otre.
2: Coming up over the next ninety minutes.
3: If you come
4: to our premises, you will realize that we have very, very limited space in the premises. And
5: our... The cocos, the majority cocos have not...
4: If you come to our premises, you will realize that we have very, very limited space in the premises and our staff are really cramped. ...into the offices where
2: we um, we work. Electoral Commission parks out of the head office building which it was sharing with the NCCE. But the hopes of the offices of the NCC having more space have been dashed... ...as it is imagined that EC officials simply locked up their conference rooms and other offices... ...and left with the keys to their new premises. That's what we're hearing from the Public Accounts Committee sitting today. We'll be hearing more on what exactly happened... Also coming up on Eyewitness News tonight.
5: The caucus, the majority caucus, has not made any changes in its leadership. The majority caucus has not contemplated making any changes to its leadership. And that would tell the whole world, Ghana, to ignore any such publication.
2: Confucian Rock's majority front in parliament as NPP MPs are split over changes in leadership, or at least proposed changes that we've known about and heard about, the leadership front of the MPP side will be unpacking the issues for you. And later on Eyewitness News, water crisis rocks the Ashanti region with many institutions including secondary schools affected. We are told the challenge has to do uh, with a power situation. We'll be assessing that for you here on Eyewitness News. And later in business,
3: Cocoa Board shows of adjusting farm gate price of cocoa beans upwards in upcoming season.
2: That's in 15 minutes from the City Business Desk. Eyewitness News is live across Ghana on a host of affiliate stations, including in the Upper West Region on Tungsung 97.3 FM in Wa and Jirapa 96.1 FM in Jirapa. In Upper East, we are live on Quality 88.7 FM in Garu. In Northern Region, we are on Radio Bimbila 91.9 FM. In the Volta region, we are on Revival 99.3 FM in Tajavu and VOV Radio 95.7 FM in Hohe. In the Ashanti region, we are on Focus 94.3 FM in Kumasi. Orange 107.9 FM also in Kumasi. If you go to the Bono region, we are live on Greener 95.9 FM in Sunyani. In the Western region, we are on Adrian Power 100.7 FM in Takwa. Sky Power 93.5 FM in Takradi. And Beach 105.5 FM in Takradi. We are live on YouTube. We are live on Facebook. We are on our website citynewsroom.com and we are interactive. Join us with your WhatsApp messages zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six you can also go on Twitter now known as X and drop your tweets using the hashtag #CityNewsroom. My handle is at umaru Sanda. you can also use your message send your messages using the hashtag and the handle at city nine seven three let's set over details of our stories now and yesterday, Dr. Mahmoud baomiya the Vice President of the land. Who is also flag bearer of the NPP made an announcement of the persons who are going to drive his campaign. Coupled with that, we're expecting also to hear about changes in the leadership front of the um, House of Parliament, especially from the NPP side. Indeed, this was supposed to have happened alongside the government's uh, shakeup, which was announced by the president on Valentine's Day last week. That agenda, when we spoke to our correspondent, was not dealt with last night and uh, we've had and seen several publications suggesting that there's a majority bench shakeup akin to what happened to the NDC side a few months ago where Haruna Idrisu and uh, Muntaka Mubarak have had to make way for Kessala Toufason and um Abuja and others as the majority did that now majority side was supposed to have done that and then today we saw a press conference addressed by no mean a person than the first deputy speaker of the house and mp or outgoing mp if you like for Bekwai, announcing that the publications we are seeing are strange to the majority caucus let's listen to him
5: we are here to inform you and through you to the world that the publication that are going around is not true not for it's false that Caucus, the majority caucus has not made any changes in its leadership. The majority caucus has not contemplated making any changes to its leadership, and that we tell the whole world, Ghana, to ignore any such publication. They want to assure you that we have confidence in the leadership as they are, and the status quo shall remain. We are aware that. Upon the nomination of one of the deputy whips as a minister, a replacement will be made. That replacement will be made by the caucus when we have had the opportunity and the time to consider the appropriate replacement. This is all the information we want to share with you and to through you tell the world that the leadership of the majority caucus has not changed. We have not contemplated any change, and we do have no intention to um, effect any changes in the leadership of the majority caucus. You,
6: Speaker. Your constitution says you appoint your leadership in consultation with the party. Which constitution? The MPP's constitution. That yeah. regulates
5: MPP. The yes. parliament of That's Ghana right. has adopted standing orders, yeah. which places the selection and change or otherwise of leadership in the hands of the caucus. And not anybody outside Parliament. Why do we
6: why do we not see the current leadership of
5: the majority doing the press conference as it is now? But it's you they are busy in the chamber. Mm -hmm. And it's about them. It is about them. The rest of us must stand up for them. They have led us effectively and efficiently, and the rest of us must stand up for them. And indeed (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't need the leaders to say that we have not taken a decision. It is we, the members, the caucus. We have not taken any such decision. We are not contemplating any such decision.
7: Mr. Speaker, is there an external attempt to remove or say Chairman Sabonsu as Speaker of your,
6: uh, the leader of your caucus? I'm not aware of
5: any such thing. Nobody has discussed that with the caucus. And since nobody has the power to do that outside the caucus, there may be rumors and intricacies. But the caucus in Parliament not aware of when he has attempted to remove it.
2: So that's first Deputy Speaker of Parliament, NPP Member of Parliament for Becquia, Joe Osewusu, uh, making that uh, statement in the House of Parliament, speaking to journalists about the... Um, Attempted. I don't know what the right word to use, but there was an announcement that there's going to be a change in the majority bench, the front bench of the majority side in parliament. And he called the press there to announce that the status quo remains. One of the persons we saw standing behind him is the Anyasoto member of parliament, Honourable Dixon Adumako Kuskisi. He's joined us on the line. Honourable, you're welcome to Ireness News.
1: Yes, uh, thank
2: you. I know that MPs usually would call the press in the foyer and uh, make statements to them. Sometimes when you storm out of the chamber, you do that. Sometimes you have your own agenda. For instance, the day uh, some of your colleagues wanted to remove the finance minister, you called a press conference, a similar one, and dropped a bombshell. This particular press conference, what was the plan? Because we saw you standing there.
1: Well, let me... Start all by saying categorically that, you know, I'm somebody who's very much in support of reshuffles. I mean, I've been in support of it for, you know, close to two years. Um, I'm of the opinion that when we do reshuffle, it gives other people the opportunity to exhibit what they know and uh, their talent. And, you know, sometimes it's too late, but sometimes it still matters. And I think that for the next eight months or so uh, that we have left, uh, it's also a good time from a stocker point of view to field different new people to man the affairs of the government and to push us forward. And I think it's also another opportunity to relaunch the government on a, on a different path of, of, of some sort. So, um, you know, but what came up today is clearly, I, I think is a matter of us uh, waiting to hear, uh, a bit more uh, in interaction with the government and the party to be certain as to uh, if what well, maybe some members are hearing is true or not. But uh, as a stands, I must be very clear that uh, at any point in time, not everybody in the majority agrees to one path or the other. But when we sit down as a caucus and, uh, you know, a decision is taken, we'll all follow what decisions are, are taken. And And I think that uh, uh, you know, we're ready to work with, you know, leadership, one of the party and of government, uh, to see the way forward and we'll be in support of whatever will be in the interest of the party. As it stands now, I personally am open to any new changes if, you know, further consultation arises at that. So, I'm, I'm assuming that in the next foreseeable, uh, days, the party will still with us or the government, the president. Was still with us, and then you know, George, we've done it before, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, eventually, you know, he, 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 you know, listened to a lot of people and made some changes, uh, as we have witnessed within the past ten days. So, I think that uh, some things are premature. One, I haven't seen any official uh, write-up, but I think we'll welcome uh, any uh, such changes. Uh, All the people I'm even hearing are fantastic people and I'm sure uh, members will be very ready to work with them. We'll be working with them, really. Um, So so that's that's, that's my take on this.
2: So if you welcome the changes, why did you go to support the first Deputy Speaker to do a press conference? At which press conference he said, there are no changes, it should be ignored and the status quo remains?
1: Well, um, let me add one key thing. I mean, uh, as... Majority group when leadership is talking, all of us, you know, when you're around, you go and stand in to show support. I mean, let me be very clear about that. And 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 sometimes people misunderstand, you know, people misunderstand. But let me be very clear with you that you know we join as and when you know a member is making a statement. Um, I I haven't you know necessarily uh, you know made my own personal statement, but I mean we. We, I, I, I think one key thing he said was that there's no no notice, and I'm sure, like I said, when we do meet with the party and the presidency, eventually, whatever news there is will be made aware, and uh, people express their sentiments, and uh, we'll come to a happy landing. I'm sure, so Not as in of, the interest of the party.
2: So, as of the time you. You went to stand behind Joe Wise. You did not know what he was speaking to the press about. You just went there in solidarity because he's your leader. Oh,
1: I, I had to join. I mean, I mean, Joe Wise is you
2: know, <laughs> he's somebody. else. No, no, so my better. so my point is that you didn't know what the agenda was necessarily. I I, I have to be
1: very frank with you. Uh, up until then, I didn't know. But like I said, but now but now, but, like now
2: but now that you've you've heard the agenda, do you associate yourself with the agenda or you dissociate yourself?
1: for you know change at any point in time.
2: What that but means what that what that means is mm-hmm. that you are you are you are dissociating yourself from what Joe Weiss was saying at that present.
1: In in uh, let me let me let me help you here. Uh, the key thing Joe Weiss said is that we haven't had any notice. That I cannot dissociate. That is true. That is a fact. Okay. Now the key thing I'm adding is the fact that as we get interaction with the party and presidency, whatever directives will be given, we'll be very you know, ready to, you know, support. I mean that that is the key thing here. So
2: so for you, uh, you're looking so essentially you're looking forward to a change in leadership. You don't mind if a change of leadership happens?
1: Oh no, 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 not at all. I mean, you know, these things make room for others to also grow. Uh, you know, and, and, and I couldn't have been in support of a change then and then not be in support of it now. I mean, mm-hmm. then that will not be, uh, you know, uh, we'll not be consistent. Uh, and, consistent. Which, and
2: which is why we yeah. called you out because we, we are surprised to see you yeah. standing So, so I want I want people to
1: know, uh, you know, with certainty that I believe in change, uh, and I believe that it affords people the opportunity to do more. And you know, like soccer, once you field new people, different ideas, you know, different energy, and and uh, you know, we, we're ready. I think that. What is missing, and and maybe unfortunately, there's a dialogue with the presidency and the party, which has not happened, and then maybe uh, I'm hoping that yes we will find final far in bad. So so if that has been missing, I'm sure uh, in the foreseeable days uh, this will be you know corrected, okay. and then after further discussion or engagement with the presidency and the party, uh, whatever notice the rest of the world needs to know will be made
2: aware. Very well, thank you so much for speaking to us Thank you, sir That's Dr. Dixon Adumako Kisi His MP for Anyaso Utom here in the Greater Accra Let's go to the Ashanti region The MP for Subin is the Honorable Eugene Boachi Entry, you're welcome to Eyewitness News, sir Yes, thank you Good evening, Omaro Good evening, were you at Joe Wise's press conference this afternoon? Yes, I was present You knew what he was going to talk about I was present at a press conference Great. Do you agree with him or disagree with him?
8: If I didn't agree with him, why would I be standing in the press conference? It's not a matter of agreeing or disagreeing with them. It's a matter of law. And Joey is a seasoned lawyer, of speak, a of speaker, of the party, as well as seasoned MP. So we 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 elected him to speak on our behalf to the matters. You know, to the Regime Matters and Governor Party.
2: Mm. When you say we elected him, who and who are the we? The whole majority, caucus, or a number of MPs?
8: Umaru, please, you call me for an interview. Let's deal with the matters and stop
2: this. That's a matter we are are dealing with. So I want to know who Joe Wise represented.
8: You saw all of us in the clip. Some of our friends could not make it there. But, But the ones you saw, we elected him to speak.
2: But you see, the reason I'm asking you is because I just got off the line with your colleague MP for Anya Uto. He said he was um, walking past. He saw that his leader was addressing the president, as happens usually in parliament, both in the world and in the foyer. He decides to come and support his leader, only to realize later what the leader was talking about.
8: Well, that, that's the so, answer so, I'm the member of Parliament for Subini. So I was there, so you can speak to
2: me about what happened I, Good. So that's why I asked that question. I needed to know, you know, numbers are very important. So if it's an issue of an agenda, numbers are very, very important. So about how many people was Joe speaking okay, for when today?
8: When you say an issue of an agenda, numbers are important. This has nothing to do with numbers. This is to do with the law. When, it, when one person out of the one hundred and thirty-eight says no to something, it doesn't matter whether what whatever the hundred and ten said, whatever the hundred and ten said, might not be, you know, in consonance with the law or in conformity with the law.
2: Okay, so please not talk not to me now. about the law so, and the procedure is, that you use me, in the house. Bear with me. Yeah.
8: What is the issue at stake? The issue at stake was that everything took places. I've been out of the country since the sixth of uh, uh February, attending uh, a UN session in New York and then I had to spend a couple of days in London to attend to personal matters. Right? All along I heard these really matters about proposed change in leadership, which was uh well, which I've been told today it was part of the agenda. I could not attend though as a member of the as a chairman of the employment committee, I remember a member of the stake and member of the National Council, but I couldn't attend. And when I got back home last night, I spoke to colleagues who were present, and they told that that particular item, item five on the agenda, was sent. It was thought and was said about it. Subsequent to that, the general secretary, you see, communique after the meeting, talking about the the structure of the campaign team and what that view. That is what came out. Now, what the concern was, you you are a journalist. So you saw flyers floating about yesterday in commercial change of, change of leadership. Or some changes in the, in the, in the leadership of the party. Let me first of all, for the benefit of this interview and for the education of the, uh, of the members of Ghanaians who may not have better themselves to the constitution. Prior to the operationalization of this standing orders, you know, uh, from January, right? The MPP Constitution, Article 14 of the Constitution, I don't know whether you have time for me to read to your listeners
2: or... Please go no, ahead. Please, please go ahead. Yeah. yeah.
8: Article 14, the, 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 the title is the parliamentary group. 14 one, say the parties' members of Parliament shall form the parliamentary group, comma, which shall have rules and regulations, comma, not inconsistent with this Constitution to govern its activities. 14.2, the election of the leader, the deputy leader, the chief whip, and the deputy chief whip of the parliamentary group shall be done by the National Council. Three, the National Executive Committee shall, in consultation with the parliamentary group, appoint the party's parliamentary spokesperson, who shall be the chairperson of the party's sector committee when the party is not in government. Four, the National Council and the National Executive Committee shall, comma, respectively, comma, Review each year the performance of the parliamentary leadership and spokespersons with a view to making appropriate changes where necessary. The last one, 14, 5, says the parliamentary leader, together with one other rep of the parliamentary group, shall be members of the National Steering Committee, and one rep of the parliamentary group shall be a member of the National Experience Committee. The parliamentary leader shall be a member of the National Steering Committee. Of the National Executive Committee and the parliamentary source persons shall members of their respective sector committees. That is the MPP Constitution. You must be made clear. The MPP Constitution is not binding on the on the Parliament of Ghana. Do you understand? Okay. When you go to Africa, the, 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 we use two books in Parliament. The difference is in the weight and the size. One is the, uh, the, the 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 1992 Constitution of the Republic of Canada, and two is the standing orders which would lead activities of the House. You understand? When you go to Article 110 of the National Constitution, I'll read for the benefit of of your listeners and viewers. Article One Ten One says, subject to the provisions, the word subject to the provision of this Constitution, comma, Parliament may, comma, by standing orders, comma, regulate its own procedure, right? To so parliament, then, we use parliament, we use um, the standard to regulate our activities in the House, our procedures. The new standard order, and I'll quote, uh, also go to the new standard order and also tell you what it says. It says, majority caucus means the members of the party, all parties that have the largest number of seats in the House, The next point is, majority leader means a member of parliament designated, that's the operative word, designated by the majority caucus as their leader in the House. These are the two definitions you need on the spelling order. So who are the members, who who forms the majority caucus? It's 137 plus one, 137 MPs, right? They form the majority caucus, right? Plus the one independent candidate, right? So we, designated who becomes the leader of the party, not the, uh, not the MPP uh, uh, National Headquarters or the MPP NEC or National okay. Council. Without you, they were the ones doing it. But the news and others have taken that power away from them.
2: Right? Okay.
8: They give it to the members of the House. And I think rightly so, because we are colleagues, we know each other better than the people sitting at uh, party HQ, or may I, or elsewhere it determines their behaviour, their conduct and all of You you see, uh freedom. So that is why uh, in the in the frameness of the of the of the of the standard audience, they thought it wise that what happened to our colleagues last year when honourable Mu I Honourable Munka Honourable Kwame Averji Honourable sorry Avegji and honourable uh the, the news were dropped. Last year, they were dropped from the front, front, front bench. Now you cannot do so. Now the members must initiate or engineer such a move. That is what you said. So what your wife did was just because there was a whole lot of publications, you know, flying about saying that the change in leadership and all of you. It doesn't do well for cohesion and stability of the, of the national parliament.
2: Okay,
8: I think. And we looking look at the numbers now. So what the George Orman did today by speaking to the law or speaking to the enactment of parliament, you don't he's it, not challenging any authority. He's just speaking to the law as a test. And the law says that we, the members of parliament, I do so if a member of parliament is, is elected to go and legislate and pass laws, why do you then say oh, we should allow the journalists in this country to go and pass laws? It's not your role. That's not your role. So the party has contested. That's not the role of the party has contested to okay. so determine for us who form the leadership. It should be the MPs doing it. Okay. But, but, but that was what we say, uh, Umaru.
2: All right, so you have clearly delineated the issues uh, and you have relied on the documents that matter. So the MPP Constitution, the National Constitution Understanding Orders. Based on the 1992 Constitution Understanding Orders, is you, majority group, who should decide who leads you? That's correct and properly explained, like you've just said, based on the revised standing orders. However, based on your constitution, it has to be the party that decides who leads it, right? That's it, that's that's a, that's, a, that's a two that's a two separate issues, correct? Now, if the party sponsored you to parliament, and when I say you, I mean all one thirty-seven you lot of of MPP side. Do you at what point do you disregard? Your constitution and regard your standing orders. And at what point do you,
8: do you, you as, do, as a journalist, as, as a journalist, you've done extremely well by putting this question out because that is what what is created a whole lot of confusion in the system, right? The party in parliament is not independent of the mother party. I'm an MP speaking today, speaking to today because I'm I'm a member of the New Patriotic Party before becoming a member of parliament. Now, I'm not the Republic, the President of the Republic of Ghana, is a member of the New Patriotic Party before becoming President. The vehicle that made me President is the New Patriotic Party. The vehicle that made me a, 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 a member of Parliament is the New Patriotic Party. So we cannot isolate ourselves from the party. No, we are not independent of the mother party. However, however, the nature of what we do, the nature of what, and, the, and the parent law of this country is the national Constitution anything that is inconsistent with the national constitution is not avoided. So, where there's a conflict between any part of the party constitution, listen to me carefully, Umaru, where there's a conflict between any part of our constitution, the constitution, and the national constitution, or an act of parliament, or the standing orders of parliament, or the constitutional or legislative instrument, that part of the constitution To the
2: extent of the conflict, is null and void. I've noticed you've added standing orders to your reading of the clause. When we talk about inconsistencies with the law, the 1992 constitution, we do know that whichever law is in conflict with the 1992 constitution, to the extent of that conflict, is null and void. Are you suggesting, and I'm not sure, whether the standing orders of parliament has the same weight as a constitution, so that you can read it in the manner you just read it, where you said that because your party constitution conflicts with the standing orders, it is equated to being null and void. Yes, would, 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 would that work
8: when it comes to I've quoted the relevant look, we have a national constitution, any act of parliament, any act of parliament must derive its power or strength from the national constitution. So, if we look at the standard orders. Every every order will tell you that this order is this, this order is that. You understand? Yes. Joe, so it tells you, like, you know, when the comes to the election of the, the, the voting of speak and where your wife have voted or not, blah, blah, blah. You don't know, refer to the constitution. And they want to go back to speak for interpretation. So, any, and the MPP constitution only affects MPP members. It has no role in parliament. You understand? You must to become more parliamentary? You are you are you are bound by the standing orders of the, of the of the parliament. so that is where that is where our procedures and activities are governed. Do you understand? So don't people should be talking about MPP constitution here? You know, we are talking about a constitutional matter. We are talking about an enactment of parliament that binds every Ghanaian. Gambian. constitution constitutionally binds MPP members. It doesn't bind NDC, doesn't bind CPP, doesn't bind PLC. It binds only NDC members. To that extent, to that extent, what we are, when people are trying to compare the constitution with an act of parliament or with the constitution, and you know, you know, they, they, they are just being ignorant. Do you understand? Yes. Well, the law doesn't work like that. The law is that says that everything must be must be consistent. With the, the 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 provisions of the of the constitution, if it's not if it's inconsistent,
2: it's null and void. I I see. So what you were doing today was simply to try and ensure that the law is respected. Now let's go outside. What happened in Parliament? The advert or that Victoria you saw, the announcement that there's a change in your leadership. We are told that. There's a plan to meet with the president. I do not know at whose behest, but there's supposed to be a meeting with the president to discuss changes in leadership. Based on what you are saying, well, be, be, one second, one, me one one me second let, me land. let me land. Based on what okay. you are saying to me tonight, you are suggesting that that meeting would be absolutely unnecessary because yes, the president yeah, has no power over we, you in yeah. parliament. Well,
8: we don't know why the president intends to I don't know what you are talking about. We have not had any invitation for Jubilee House. But I don't know why the president. But if the president intends to meet us on this matter, then the president will be acting ultra virus. Do you understand? Because the law is clear, and the president himself is a constitutional lawyer. So the president wants to interfere with it because, you see, it's like I said, the president is interfering with the judicial. I do you understand what I'm care, where I'm coming from. I, I get your point, but do you know? Do you know risk?
2: Do you know risk, risk being no. at war with asylum no, down? You, is your approach?
8: Be with. Be, bear with me. Can the president call the chief justice? staff, the chief justice? And say, I want you to make this uh, judge a, a 2 judge. I want you to make. Can the president
2: do that? Because the supreme, the chief justice no, I is want not. To a
8: simple
9: question.
2: Yes, he cannot you are, because the chief justice, justice is not an MPP member. However, no, 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 no. all of no, you are no, MPP no. members, and he's a no, leader. No, 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 he's,
8: no. Bear with me. We are MPP members. Fair enough. We are, but we are talking about our conduct in the House, which is regulated by the standard order. Do you understand? Our conduct is regulated by the MPP Constitution. No. Once you become a member of parliament, it's like when you become a president, you became a president, and the state security, you know, just, you know, took over. It's protection of everything, yes. Yeah. Is he being protected by MPP members?
2: No, so he's above, he's that above, he's above now. But my point is that, and 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 I know I will not say forget the law, but put the law aside. Are you not risking a conflict with your mother party, which no, sponsored no, no, no. you to it's parliament? A, if you if you proceed on this what line,
8: what we are trying to say, Umaru, is that we should be on the side of breaking the law. Nobody's willing to break the law. We are legislators, we make laws. Our job is to ensure that those of us who are making the laws must first respect the laws for others to follow. And I'm, I'm, these are laws that were not made by me, or made by just NDP members or NBC members. These laws were passed by the Parliament of Ghana. And that the Supreme Court is, I So what I'm saying, the Parliament is is Parliament, legislature, and that's the legislature. Ireland the Judiciary are all arms to government. everything goes to arm of government. But what you are trying to tell me now is that if the president is inviting us, is he going to talk about it? I don't know. We will not better president.
2: But, but if he raises it, but you would well, oppose it. Sorry? If he raises it, you would oppose it so and read the law you, to him.
8: It's he, putting the the card before the horse or the horse before the card, whatever way. The president has, well, you are saying he's invited. us. I don't know. But the rules are clear. The rules are clear. So who in your right now will try to circumvent the rules? The rules are very clear that members must do it. And you have plus, thirty seven plus one I mentioned the House. It's their job to do so. The President Yes, as well as the candidate, as well as the member of the new Patriotic party, can recommend names or can recommend you know his proposal. But it's up to the parliamentary group to accept or you know reject.
2: Very well. Thank you so much for for speaking to us on on this matter.
8: have a wonderful evening
2: You to have a wonderful evening. evening. That's um, Eugene Barchetri, he's member of parliament for Subin, um, speaking on the issue of um, the the plan or the earlier plan we heard about to change the leadership of the majority side in Parliament. So the information was that Honourable Ossetche Minister was going to be reassigned. He's currently the Minister for Parliamentary Affairs, MP for Swami, but he's also the majority leader. The information we picked up was he's going to um, move to the executive uh, completely and leave Parliament as a leader. And we're told his Deputy MP for uh, Futu Alexander Marking, was going to be the new majority leader to be deputized by the and um, Sawa so Member of Parliament, Frank Arnold Dompre, where Habib Idrisu of Tolom then becomes the majority whip, and then we would have a new appointed uh, deputy whip uh, to replace the Honourable um, Lidia al-Hassan, who has been promoted or made a Minister for Water Resources and Sanitation. Now, we're told that that was supposed to be an agenda for last night's meeting of the MPP leadership But the agenda was not dealt with. However, several publications are around suggesting what I have just said to you. And today, Joseph Osewoso, mp for Berkwai, Deputy Speaker of the House, a member of the MPP, called the press and said what had happened was not right and the status quo remains. And so I was just speaking there to Eugene Bwachentri, who is just explaining the law and the basis for this particular position Yes, this is eyewitness news on 97.3 CTFM. Now, if there is internal issues bothering the MPP, why should the NDC be bothered at all? Uh, considering that they just came back, came out of a similar turmoil, having done changes from the Adabaka head office of the party, which a lot of NDC MPs opposed, but eventually had to be whipped in line. One such MP, NDC MP, for Tamale North is Alhassan Suhini. He has gone to social media to write and he says Ashanti Kabar resists Alexa Fenyo Makin's leadership. He's joined me on the line. Honorable, you're welcome to Eyewitness News.
10: <laughs> Sandra, thank you very much. How are you doing?
2: I'm well. I have a friend who says, Why should the lizard be worried about what the crocodile eats? <laughs> Waiting, concern you?
10: Well, the point is that the NPP, like any other political party, is a public entity. And by the virtue of uh, their potential, and in this case, uh, we are living it, to form a government, we must all be concerned uh, at every point in time, whether they are in government or in opposition, when they are um, taking decisions. And clearly, uh, I am quite excited about what is happening uh, with the NPP, because for me, it draws attention to one principle. And the principle being that uh, it is important that as political parties, we begin to pay attention to how best to choose our leaders in parliament. I do not think that the current uh, structure as it exists, um, you know, uh, is satisfactory. I mean, many have abused it in the past and some will still abuse it now. But it is clear from the opposition that the uh, NDC mounted when the leadership change happened and the opposition that is being mounted by members of the uh, MPP caucus this time around, it is. It should be clear to anybody that there's a need for the party uh, constitution to converge with the parliament standing order, so that we will not have this confusion. But like I said, that principle is is clear in 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 what these members are doing. But what may be different in most cases when we are talking about principles will be motives. I mean, principles don't change, but people can use the principles to achieve various motives. And in the case of afenyo Martin, what I simply see is that the Ashanti cabal in their caucus uh, don't seem very comfortable with him being made a leader. And that, for me, is surprising. Because, I mean, if you look at their uh, front bench and their caucus for that matter, over the years, it is clear that afenyo Martin has... Uh, you know, paid his dues uh, to the NPP and to the caucus in Parliament. And so it comes to me as a surprise that a region that has been so endowed with very juicy appointments uh, will be concerned that one of them is being replaced uh, by someone from the central region, yes, with some ties from the Volta region. That is the motive I see behind this, this, this challenge that they are mounting. I do not see it's so much of being the principle that members must have a say in uh, choosing who leads them when it comes to their choice of leadership in parliament. But like I said, even if that principle is used as a ruse, uh, for me, it draws attention to the need for the political parties to pay attention to that principle because then it shows that uh, it is a principle that is timeless and, and something that we must do something about but like i said uh, principles are principles but motives uh, can drive the same
2: principle differently how do you reckon because you have a history as a party in this how do you reckon the npp can reconcile this division which has become public now
10: so in the case of the npp which i believe is driven by a very you know um uh, forgive me ethnic motive it's going to be very difficult for them to deal with because if you know there have been those undertones for some time now within the new patriotic party about how um, the Ashanti region feels uh what do you call it uh, sidelined in the Anacofoado government in terms of uh, the opportunities that are extended to them and even development in their area so it is going to be really difficult for them to deal with it i think that uh, i can only i can only say that for both parties to deal with this situation once and for all, we'll need to align our various constitutions to the standing orders of the House and adopt a position that is workable for members and for the political
2: parties as well. But yours could have been described as ethnic too, that you had a northern minority leader being replaced with a central region person to be the minority leader. But you guys might need to, you know, pick up the pieces and move on. Or is it the case that they're still grumbling at the uh, the minority front in relation to the changes, the sudden changes that were announced from Adabraka?
10: Not at all. I mean, and if you followed uh, the discussion and you looked at the personalities that were involved in ours, it was no not uh, ethnic. It was not about where you know, which region got more and which region did not get much and all of that. It, because, I mean, you had uh, one person from the north, you had one person from Ashanti region, and then you had uh, another from Volta region. And these are all, if you like, the two northern region and Volta region are strongholds of the NG. So there's really uh, nothing to talk about when it comes to, uh, you know, start, be one being sidelined or the other. And these people were again replaced. By people, I mean the Volta region had a representative in there, and you also had a coming on board and all that so it was it was and and the opposition was look at look at look at the you look at the video you know look at the video of the members of parliament who uh stood to address the media and 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 you can see clearly that there is some sort of ethnic agenda. Uh, today so, so this
2: and this I this this is this, just, this is just a view though not born out of any specific fact that they they said that they are relying on the constitution not on ethnicity just 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 to set the records well but on then this matter.
10: optics matter but optics matter i mean then that's why i'm saying that when you look at the the, the 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 people who spoke to the media uh you cannot uh, discount uh that uh, you know, uh, desire okay. by some people in the party, especially the Ashanti region, to want everything to go to them. I've heard some of them complain. I mean, some other minor tribes in the majority caucus, for example, complain about uh, the number of uh, big appointments that have gone to the Ashanti region and really? yet uh, they still are unsatisfied. I think that uh, it is going to be unfair uh, to our Fenyo if they do not. Uh, if they oppose him on those basis, I think he's
2: paid his dues. Thank you so much for speaking to us. That's Honourable Alassane Suhini. his Tamale Tamale North NDC MP. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF. And we'll return with more. Please stay.
0: Eyewitness News. Be
11: there as it happens
3: you all welcome back. Now the opposition National Democratic Congress has emphasized the importance of upholding the electoral laws as it welcomes the decision by the Electoral Commission to maintain the 2024 general election date. The EC had initially suggested moving the December 7 polls to a date in November. However, following widespread backlash and concerns raised by various stakeholders, the Electoral Commission has now reversed its decision and abandoned the proposed date change for this year. The NDC is advocating that changes to the election calendar are made in accordance with legal procedures.
9: That was in our position. We were very clear in our mind on these two issues. In fact, and we didn't miss with in telling them in their face at the two IPAC meetings we since attended with them. And it was very clear. We didn't miss words at all. We told them we're not going to support or cooperate with them in terms of moving the the election day from uh, December to November because their posturing did not give us credence that they are ready for that kind of change. And there was no reason whatsoever to think of moving it in this election year. If they knew that they wanted to do that, they should have started the the consultation way back uh, after 2016 when it failed in parliament and they came in 2017. They should have started it preparing the gun We made them all these things. We give them superior argument as to reasons why they, it cannot be moved this year.
3: That was Deputy Director of Elections for the National Democratic Congress, Rashid Tanko, computer. Meanwhile, the Convention People's Party, CPP, has expressed satisfaction with the decision by the EC to also backtrack on the abandonment of the use of indelible ink in the upcoming polls.
0: The use of the indelible ink, it is such a kind of nostalgic thing that i voted and this is also not and uh, what about the rule is some machines can break down and you cannot use it. technology, as they say. We will not test it anyway. Mm-hmm. So why do you want to jump when you don't have the indelible ink to serve as an issue? So I think you can use it too. You can still use the indelible ink and then still go by the normal way you want to experiment. And anything at all, there must be some period of uh, trying to test the, the whole thing. So why just going the way they want to go? Right? Well, it was not even agreed. I think it's, it's once again, I always say, Electoral Commission, you see, because the IPAC is not having any constitutional backing, it's just like a dialogue. So the Electoral Commission, they say whatever they want to do, they plan their opinion, they come and inform us or just put it on us. You cannot say no. It is for the prerogative to inform us. And when they inform us, they go ahead and do it. So it is about time this IPAC has some constitutional backing. If really we are partners and stakeholders, then we should also be, some of our business should be taken on board and taken seriously.
3: Yakubu Habib speaking. There is director of elections for the Convention People's Party (CPP). Let's deal on matters related to elections because supporters of parliamentary aspirant Hajia Abubatassani in the Yendi constituency in the northern region are demanding that the National Executives Committee of the New Patriotic Party decide the rerun of parliamentary primaries within seven days. They have warned the party against imposing a candidate on The constituency warning that they will reject any such move. The leader of the group, Alhaji Mohamed Pensi, made his statements during a press conference in END. We are calling on Nick So as a matter of agency,
6: organize a rerun of the END parliamentary primary elections within seven days. Any shot of a rerun will have dire consequences for the parliamentary forces of the party in the END constituency. We want to send this one. A very strong message to the national chairman of the party and the leadership of NET. Should they make any mistake to impose a candidate for Yendi constituency, the party will regret it. We are not threatening the party, nor threatening anybody in this party. But we want them to do the needful. That after the seven days, should NEC fail to listen to what we are saying and we take a decision, they cannot reverse it again.
3: Well, they have also vowed to field an independent candidate if NEC fails to heed their demand within the stipulated seven days.
6: The three-member committee fail to adhere to what we have said we will fly an independent candidate. We have every evidence that the candidate that they are looking cannot rescue the seat again. The seat cannot be allowed to go into the House of NDC. And knowing very well that sending this candidate to the uh, election 2024, the MPP will lose the seat. And that is what we don't want to go. Yes. So, yes. so we believe that when we fly an independent candidate, we will take the seat. ...and go to Parliament and
3: do go. business with MPP. Leader of a group of MPP supporters in Yendi, ...in the northern region, Al-Haji Mohammed Bensi. Now to the Shanti region, please have granted bail... ...to the Mensha South constituency... organizer of the National Democratic Congress, al Hassan Mustafa... ...following charges of offensive conduct... ...conducive to a breach of peace and threats of death... Mustafa was seen in a viral video challenging the new patriotic party and issuing threats of violence should he attempt to manipulate the elections in 2024. Or he further suggested the possibility of engaging in violent confrontations, even if it entails resulting to fatal measures to safeguard the victory of the NDC's flag bearer, John Dramani Mahama. He's a legal representative for the NDC, Minshaw South constituency organiser, Chapman Ziga
5: um as you all know our the accused person was arrested and was brought to the police so today with the um, regional organizers we all executives we all came here to help the accused person and um, in the case in the uh, offenses that he has been charged with and by the grace of god we have been able to secure a bail for him so we are using this medium to um, encourage and also send a message to all NDC sympathisers that our chairman and the executives have done their possible best, and today, by the grace of God, we've been able to secure a bill for him. Um, he was charged with the offence of passive um, conduct and also um, threat of life. Yes, that's that, that, these were the charges that he was um, um, charged. He has been granted bill
3: today, and we are reporting to the police station next week, Monday. That was counsel to the NDC Mansha South constituency organizer Chapman Zigger. Or meanwhile, the Ashanti regional chairman of the National Democratic Congress, Augustus Nanakwesi, maintains that the constituency organizer's statement was not appropriate. I'm looking
5: at a statement of my organizer. It was a conversation between two gentlemen, one MPP, one N- NDC organizer. And the MPP person was saying that they are not ready to hand over power if NDC wins 2024 and that was his comment. And my organizer said, "No, they can't say that. One we are not happy about the statement that he said, but we are not going to sit down for somebody to intimidate us this elections 20 2024. That one, I'm saying it. Nobody can intimidate us, and no matter what, NDC is going to be vigilant, and we are going to win the 2024 elections,
3: do or die. Ashanti Regional Chairman of the National Democratic Congress, Augustus Nana Kwisi.
2: This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF. And we are coming to you from our studios in Adabraka in Accra. Uh, messages that have come through Nene Gaddafi in Krobo says, Whether there's a shake-up or not, the good people of Ghana know that there's leadership crisis in the MPP. Ghanaians give them a mandate to transform this country, but it seems they have lost everything totally. The future is pregnant. Dennis at Sandima says, Are we safe in this country at all? Look, not knowing that um, some people were wolves wearing sheep clothes in the churches. God lets us know them all. More messages coming through. Amis Kuspeleli from Kasua Republic says, I fully support the majority caucus's press conference. In fact, the majority leadership must not be changed. Jones at Boyinla says, I will advise the vice president and his campaign team to reschedule their campaign programs and any intended changes in their majority leadership in parliament till 2039 because Ghanaians are wide awake and will not fall to their deceit again. Then up Isaku Avoca says changing of majority is nothing. We are waiting for them. Daniel Kpalio in Sandema says things fall apart. The centre cannot hold. The MPP has demonstrated beyond reasonable doubt that they have indeed lost control in almost every part, including their own party. Adam sends a message from Tema, and he says this is um, this is a peeved leader who? Okay, these are peeved leaders who are not coming back to Parliament, and this same group wants name went name calling the um the last time uh, the NDC did a change in leadership so the Honourable member saying he was there not because he agrees with what the leader was saying oh my god this is very this is a betrayal you see zeal is doing in london says um Your wife wise uh, should relax and take his time because he's not bigger than the NPP party Uh brilliant fahad even Okujato from central town says there Can be a shake up starting from President Akufado to the last polling station executive of the MPP. Ghanaians will definitely vote out the clueless MPP government led by Baumia and Akufado. Aless Kofi Arani in Adenta Commandos So things are falling apart in the majority caucus in parliament due to the outdooring of Dr. Baumia's campaign members, which is causing troubles in the MPP. Finally, um, as is done, Line was says changes made by the majority caucus. Uh, or not wouldn't make any difference. In fact, the campaign team outlined by the MPP will not change anything because this government has plunged us into uncertainties. And finally, Prince Harry in Kofridwa says, "When your cup is full, nothing will save you." The happenings in the MPP are clear signs that opposition is waiting for them. More confusion to rock the MPP in the coming days, both in the parliament and in the party. This is Eyewitness News.
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
3: Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement and all the policies that affect your business. City, City Business, business News. News. Be informed. It's time for City Business News and Eyewitness News brought to you by GCB Bank PLC. GCB Personal Loan. Make that big move and dream a reality. I am Akosia Autry. Let's settle for the details. The Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Cocoa Board, Joseph wahin Edu, has assured of an upward adjustment in the Farmgate price of cocoa beans for the new cocoa season. According to him, the Producer Price Review Committee will decide on the percentage which will be announced in the next cocoa season. Last year, President Kufwadu announced a more than 60% hike in cocoa prices for this year's season, translating to 1,308 Ghana cities, Per cocoa Bag, Joseph in Edu disclosed this when he appeared before the Public Accounts Committee in Accra.
7: The solution, as I said, uh, before the committee is that, um, you know, when the new price is announced, because the new price is going to reflect... So we the, should expect an upward adjustment for the Definitely. Okay. I really wish definitely because it's, it's obvious. This one I don't even have to say it. By, but by that, what margin? <laughs> well, I can't tell the I can't. I can't tell the margin. But the point is but that, be something it's, that the is is be happy is, with. is is something which is obvious. Okay. It's very okay. obvious because um, we were around 2006 average. So if now, and of course we were, at that time we were selling. 2008, 2000, and, then, and now you know the price continues moving up. Uh, now it's over 5,000. So okay. when we strike that you how <laughs> soon is that going to reflect? How soon? Um, um, I think immediately the, the new season, uh, but there is a, a producer price review committee that will uh, decide. Okay, yes, uh, we have to work towards that. The most important thing is that um, we, I'm pleading with our farmers, I'm pleading with them that. All the education, all the socialization being you know, uh, given to them by our extension officers, they must follow them.
3: That was voice of Chief Executive of the Ghana Cocoa Board, Joseph Buahin Adu. Now, Finance Minister Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam has pledged to tackle the pervasive issue of corruption in Ghana's ports by embarking on visits to various port facilities nationwide. The steps uh, comes in response to mounting reports of corrupt practices among port officials. Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam acknowledging the gravity of the situation has personally validated some of these reports and is determined to implement measures to combat corruption effectively.
12: I have received a lot of reports within just three days. I was appointed by His Excellency as Finance Minister. So many reports about underhand dealings, corruption, exercise of discretion against the interests of the state. We can nip this in the bud and ensure that the revenue that we need for our country, we are able to collect. Commissioner General, as you may be aware, the perception of corruption is very deep, but also complaints about the unfriendly nature of our tax collection system. So I personally want to support you in the field. And therefore, um, over the next one week, I will join you to visit some of the ports, the Tema port, the Kutuka International Airport, and I will go with you as well to uh, the border areas, Elubo, aflao, so that I can understand at first hand what your staff, uh, your, your your officers are going through and what support they need uh, for us to provide to them so that they can be more efficient, they can be more uh, dedicated.
3: That was Finance Minister Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam. Now, the public has been urged to utilize the services of professional surveyors in undertaking valuation of properties and property management to reduce inflation of cost for projects. This, according to the Ghana Institution of Surveyors, will help bring some economic relief to government, contractors, and the general public. President of the Ghana Institution of Surveyors, Dawood Sulaiman Mahama has been speaking on the sidelines of the launch of the 19th edition of the Surveyor's Week and the 55th annual general meeting in Accra.
11: In terms of valuation and in property management, for example, if, for example, the proper values are not done, somebody goes to overvalue or undervalue a property and go to the bank to go and take money for a project, you will come and find out that at the time, if he defaults in the payment, by the time you are going to take your money, the bank is going to take its money back. It will find that virtually there is nothing for it to take. And in terms of construction, this is the same thing. You've priced a road project which has been designed by the engineers to last, say, 15, 20 years. there You go and take somebody who is not a qualified expert to uh, supervise that. work you will see that you will finish the work and instead of it lasting the 15 to 20 years you find that within two years is gone the money that government has spent on that road will have gone waste so it will mean that the same service that has been provided we will have to go and repeat uh, and repeat it our work is so important it's so fundamental we save a lot of cost to the state to ourselves and to the society
3: Dawood Suleiman Mahama is president of the Ghana Institution of Surveyors. Now, the European Union a Delegation to Ghana is confident that its initiative to unearth the talents of young creatives across West Africa and other member states will position them as viable products for the arts market. Well, this follows the climax of the EU West Africa Fusion Arts Residency Expo, where out of 109 applications submitted, 12 were shortlisted as the finalists. The winning team, which comprised of three creatives, walked away with a total check of 36,000 Ghana cities. In an interview with City Business News, the ambassador... ...of the EU delegation to Ghana, His Excellency Richard Rizali ...expressed optimism that the works of the winners... ...will give them leverage in the arts market. These artists are now equipped to
4: carry on their arts... ...in what we call creative arts... ...meaning that what they are producing is fit as well for the market as creators... So this is what we are trying to create for them. This space for them to make their activity sustainable, financially viable. And uh, this is what we hope for them. This is the reason why as well we have handed over quite a generous prize, 36,000 Ghana Cedis for the winning team, because this will give them as well the momentum to continue to create and be able to, to share with us their creation and hopefully be bankable on the market.
3: His Excellency, Richard Rosali is the ambassador of the EU delegation to Ghana. Finally, the Ghana Statistical Service says it is set to wrap up its nationwide data collection exercise on the ongoing Integrated Business Establishment Survey, IBES. Well, the service has slated the end of March to complete the collection for all regions. The survey is aimed at enumerating all businesses across all aspects of the economy, after which an updated statistical business register will be produced to inform policy decisions. Anthony Cracker is the National IBES coordinator.
13: Hopefully, by the end of this month, we should be out of especially for other regions. But Rita Cray and Shanty will continue forward till uh, March ending, where we'll finish data collection and we will have rounded up and make sure that every business is covered. Indeed, our focus is to ensure that you don't leave any, leave any business behind. And so we are going to make sure that we use all means to ensure that we enrich every business, every underlying, every business. Indeed, uh, the business includes even the market, to, uh, those selling in for instance, go for, I said, for instance, that is come company. Um, so we go to the market, More go selling on the tabletops, under the umbrellas, who's selling fish, go selling uh, granots, everybody, every business and the line. And that makes the difference between these sensors and the last one we
3: did. That was National Coordinator of the Integrated Business Establishments, Survey, Anthony cracker and in city business news and eyewitness news it was brought to you by gcb bank plc gcb personal loan make the big move and dream in reality i'm akosi archer up next is point blank
0: eyewitness news be there as it happens
4: The Electoral Commission vacated it, our shared premises and it was our hope that they would give up some of the offices that they have vacated for our use. Because if you come to our premises, you will realize that we have very, very limited space in the premises and our staff are really cramped into the offices where we, um, where we work. They asked us to write a letter and um, request the space we did. It went back and forth for a while, eventually, after a long time, over a year of trying to get them to open up the spaces for us to, not all of it, at least some of it, so that it will bring some um, relief, relief to our staff, they did send us a letter to say that they are unable to do that and um, because they have used the rooms for storage, all the rooms for storage. So after after that, we've still been in touch with them, trying to get them to still, you know, come to an uh, um, uh, agreement so that we use up some of the spaces that are empty, but we are yet to make any progress on that. Their rooms are still locked up and we are still um, cramped in the rest
2: of it. The- Listening there to the voice of Kathleen Adi. She's a chairperson of the National Commission for Civic Education, NCCE. She was before the Appointments Committee of Parliament today and made those revelations. My name is Umaru Sandamadu. This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. So tonight on Point Blank, we'll delve more into that issue. What happened to the old head office of the Electoral Commission? We've been joined on the line by the chairperson of the NCCE, Kathleen Adi. Madam, you're welcome to Eyewitness News.
14: Thank you very much, Mario. And one small correction: that was not the appointments committee; that was the public accounts hmm. committee.
2: Forgive me, public accounts committee, P- appointments Thank committee. You. They means that they've named you as the minister. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a prophecy. It's a prophecy. <laughs> 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 so I will not apologize. This one, I will not apologize for this mistake. But anyway, apologies still uh, for for the wrong uh, designation. First first of all, I know that the Accounts Committee would um, work on what the Auditor General uh, has said about an entity and then you would come Mm -hmm. through and then respond to questions. So, that was the main reason you went there, not to talk about your accommodation. Mm -hmm. So, let's talk about first the things that the Auditor General may have said, for which reason you were invited to come and respond.
14: Sure, sure. Um we were invited for two minor infractions. one was to had had to do with somebody who had been um who had been overpaid a salary, but we had retrieved that um money before last year in fact that money was retrieved last year and the second one had to do and that was about thirty thousand cities and the second one had to do with um forget now, but something similar but that also had been retrieved and the audit service confirmed that we had uh, retrieved all the money concerned and so there was no issue in terms of the actual infractions that took us to pack
2: today so the auditors came and noticed this did they alert you at the time they were compiling their reports about what they observed and made you respond
14: yes we did all of that in fact the the um we rectified all of this in we arrested one in 2022 and one in 2023. Long before um, this this setting of tax.
2: But why do you have double salary issues on on two occasions? Oh, not
14: double salary. It was um, over overpayment. No, no, no. He had gone on steady leave and had to um, come back and serve his bond, right? And then before he finished serving his bond, he he left for he left the commission to go and work somewhere else. So he owed us the amount of the bond, and that is what he paid back.
2: Okay, so this person was made to pay back, and so that's a clarity you yes. went to give? Yes. Then yes. then how come you also ended up talking about accommodation, what, uh, I mean, accommodation for because, offices at work?
14: Because the, because the MP for Tamil Central... um uh, Muhammad... Mohammed, the MP for Tamale Central, had a public interest question about our accommodation because the issue had come up in, in parliamentary circles that we needed a space and EC had um, refused to open up some of the offices for us to use, including some of the joint spaces that we shared on the premises, with the um, saying that they needed to store their things there. But you know, they've just got a brand new building. So, you know, this has been going back and forth. So it was in parliamentary circles. The issue was in parliamentary circles. So he decided to bring it up as he, he asked permission from the chairman to bring this up as a public interest question and ask whether that issue had been resolved. So that's how he came into the, the PAC hearing.
2: I see. For those who do not know, the NCCE and the Electoral Commission were sharing the same building. Uh, well, I'm not sure to call it the same building, but the same premises. Uh, and I must say that it's a very ugly, dilapidated-looking building. Apologies to you for that. <laughs> so so the idea is that now the Electoral Commission has its own head office and um, the EC has moved from the premises that you were sharing together. W- what were some of the facilities you were sharing? Were you sharing conference halls or what kind of things were you sharing?
14: We were sharing, one com- co- we were sharing two conference rooms, a bigger one and a smaller one. And the bigger one they, they they locked up the conference room. Um they said they were storing their things there and they locked it up. So and they were still sharing the smaller one up there with us, even though they have moved to they have moved to their head office. The rest were just offices, you know. Um, you know, if you come to our office you see that uh, the staff are cramped into really small spaces. And so we thought we had agreed that Logically, once they move out, they will free up some of the other offices for us to use, but that didn't quite work out, and that's what um, the honorable member brought up today.
2: I know you also share a car park and several other ancillary uh, services, um, yes. n- so it means they still come to use the conference room at your place.
14: Well, they haven't moved out completely, as I was saying, because they they bring things actually, though no, I can't speak for the EC, but from what I see, they bring things to store and then they come and take some of the things out. And so they haven't moved from the premises hundred percent. And nobody's saying that anybody should move from anywhere. This these properties are state properties, you understand? So doesn't actually belong to one person or the other one institution or the other. The only thing was that we thought that it would, it would the, the the it would, it, would, it would the right thing to do once they were moving from the premises was to free up some of the spaces for my staff to also sit comfortably to work. You know, so that's that that's the thing. But for the rest of the premises and in any case, E C has a greater part of the premises. We have one whole complex occupied mostly by just the E C and then there's this one building where um it's sort of NCC occupies some of the... Uh, I keep trying to say classrooms. Some of the offices... <laughs> well, they, they, your
2: offices actually look like classrooms, so you are forgiving... they do, not Some are more
14: cramped <laughs> yeah. than the most cramped classrooms that you find anyway. So, yes, once they were moving out, it was the assumption that... Or it was the agreement, actually, not even the assumption, that some of the um, offices would be open, uh, you know, giving to us to use. And it's all... We are public institutions, um we work for the people of Ghana, they are state institutions. So one state institution using an office that has been vacated by another state institution should not really be that much of an issue mm. in my view. That maybe, you know, I don't know, we haven't been in the public sector that long. But the point is that, you know, this has been going back and forth for a long time. And unfortunately it came out a pack completely out of the blue and great surprise to me because, you know, I didn't know that
2: Hmm, people were observing. It. But but who who was squatting on whose land though? Is a premise for NCCE or is it for EC? Who who is, well, who, is, who, is, who, is who is who is patching? Oh
14: no. I mean the EC likes to say we are patching, which is I don't know. But I don't know who is patching and who is not. You have to understand that this 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 building was occupied by the national oh my god PNEC. This building was national Commission for Democracy, I think. Okay, I mean, NCD, I mean, NCD the,
2: the, the one NCD. that transmogrified into Electoral Commission, or the, the one what, that organized what, the, the, the referendum.
14: Yes. yes, but that institution became the EC and the NCC, not just the EC. Oh,
2: so
14: okay. once the, the, the institutions um, were, were, were set up, the premises were divided for the institutions. That 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 building, you know, they, 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 the 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 um, offices were shared for the institutions. A lot has happened over the years that I am not really privy to. I see. But what I know is that the, over time, the NCC became more and more cramped into smaller spaces, and um, to a point where now it's almost untenable. And so once. And then, of course, they couldn't say the EC should move out or anything like that. But once they were already moving to a new premises, it was our assumption that, you know,
2: it it, it only... How long ago since the, the EC moved out?
14: Oh... It's a year already. I honestly don't remember, but they've been going for quite a while.
2: Yes. You said that there was an agreement, which means that you put pen to paper that when you leave, we'll take over your offices. Was there anything no, like that? Well, or was it, that
14: wasn't, it wasn't It wasn't. that kind of agreement. It was a discussion that we had been having over time through state institutions discussing how best to work in a way that it makes life slightly more comfortable for all our staff.
2: I see. So now,
14: over time, I had, I had brought the issue up and we had discussed this and we had said, okay, maybe these these offices, maybe we'll be able to open up these offices. So there was that discussion going on. And then um, the EC requested that we write officially to make a request for the space, which we did. And then there was a lot of again discussions around that. In the long run, after several, several, several months, they came back and said their story. They cannot open up any of the offices for our use because they were storing their
2: in the offices. But is that an excuse or they actually have stuff stored in those offices?
14: I, I, I have no way of telling because I have not inspected the offices.
2: Okay, how about the conference room that you were both sharing? What does that mean? Now you can't yes, use that, that conference was the room?
14: First, well, yes, we don't use it because they, they, it's, they they've been packed, some things are packed there and the place is locked up. That was the first floor um, conference room the second floor conference room, um, is, uh, which, which we we still use, but the EC comes to use it sometimes for some of their activities as well, away from their new building to so this one. But that's okay. But uh, the uh, the the one the the other one in the middle, the first floor, which is the bigger conference room where you can have bigger meetings and all of that. That one, we have packed some things there and locked up.
2: Who is your supervising ministry so you can go and complain to them?
14: NCC is an independent governance institution. We don't have a supervisory ministry. We are one of four independent institutions created by the constitution. The others are the EC, the Media Commission, and the Human Rights and Administrative Justice Shrub. So what so what, can, what can you do now? Who,
2: who can you cry to now? That's what I'm, I'm. just trying to see if we can find your father <laughs> and go and call your father and say your your child is crying. Oh, because well, because I this mean, doesn't sound. And, do. and 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 to be honest, as as a Member of the Civic Education Club, um, being interested in the National Commission for Civic Education, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know, um, way back from my days when I was in Tamasco, we used to come to the NCC offices. It didn't look nice, and it's still the same thing that is there now. And even NCC um, in the various districts underfunded, your vehicles are poor. And yet we are in a very major election. You are expected to do a lot of advocacy, a lot of education and campaigns. And yet you are not being given these resources that you need. So who can we cry to? Should we go to Jubilee House and tell them that the NCC <laughs> needs some support give them? Where can we solve this from? That's what I'm trying to see. Or would you call Jane Mensah and say, hey, after all, you guys used to work together. You were at CDD. She was at IEA. Would you call her up for some coffee or some dinner and say, baby girl, I need this your space. Open it up for me. Let me use. How, how do you recommend we can deal with this?
14: Mara, did you just say baby girl?
2: I'm sure that's how you people call each other, so.
14: <laughs> okay, well, I mean, like I said, it wasn't planned today for this issue to come up because it's something that we are still discussing. Can you hear me? I-
2: I'm listening to you, yes.
14: Yes, it was not planned for this issue to be come up at the park today, but it came up because that the Honorable Minister, uh, sorry, the Honorable Member like yourself used to be um, the, 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 the head of uh, a civic education club in Lagos, actually. I was just telling him how we just relaunched the, the, the University of Ghana um, civic education club in December. We're in the process of reviving all the civic education clubs, you know, and so that, that's ongoing. But it was, that was what motivated him. That was his interest because he too, like yourself, you know, understand how the civic education clubs have contributed to um the, the, the man that he is today. In terms of the issue coming up, like I said, it wasn't planned. So it wasn't as if it's not as if we don't talk to the E C. We are still discussing how to resolve this thing. And that is ongoing. I just didn't expect it to come up. It's just that once it's come up and the questions that are asked, I have to answer them.
13: Very well,
2: we wish you all the best, and we pray that uh, Madame Jean Mensa will be listening tonight and tell her officers to go open up uh, that space and then give you some more room so that you can operate and maneuver. Thank you for speaking to us. This
14: is my hope and prayer as well.
2: Thank you so much, Maru. Very much appreciated. That's Kathy Adi. She is the head of the National Commission for Civic Education, she's the chairperson in the NCCE. This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. Let's talk about the water sector now. The Ghana Water Company has issued a statement saying that uh, there's an interruption in water supply in the Ashanti region, the greater Kumasi metropolitan area. Ebenezer Ebenezer Padina is the Ashanti Regional Communications Officer of the Ghana Water Limited. I notice the letterhead is limited. It's no more Water Company Limited. You're welcome to IBNS News.
15: Uh, thank you, Sander.
2: Should I ask you why you are now Ghana Water Limited and not Ghana Water Company Limited or I should ask the people at Accra? I
15: believe you. Um, it's ab-
2: above your pay grade. Okay, let's leave it there. <laughs> What's happening with your water situation? Uh, your treatment plans are suffering, we are told.
15: Uh, Omarisanda, let me take this opportunity to greet you and then greet your cherishlessness. Uh, so, just like up, recap, uh, we had a little challenge uh, with our production centres uh, due to power supply. Um, so we always, as we do, have to involve ECD in all we do because uh, they are the uh, sole power distributors to us. Uh, for some weeks now, we, we, we were facing unstable power supply. So though we were working, we weren't working full-time. And this brought about some sort of intermittent supply within the metropolis. Then yesterday, their uh, their main lines from Konumbu here experienced some challenges with some uh, getting torn. So we quickly had to inform them, which uh, they went on site and they tried their best yesterday, but they couldn't. So this morning too, uh, they were they were at site trying to uh, resolve the issue. Uh, where if you look at the operations of Ghana Water Company Limited uh, now Ghana Water Limited, uh, at every point where there are challenges. Uh, we come out to inform customers so that uh, customers will bear with us and stand with us as, as we go through uh, such times. Uh, this is one of the things that happened. Uh, but gracefully, as we speak, uh, supply has resumed. Uh, at 3 p.m. Uh, today, ECG was able to rectify the challenge and then has uh, uh, given back power, let me see, stable power uh, to Baikese and Chance Booster, which uh, is a major supplier of uh, portable water to the metropolis. We're only hoping that uh, power stabilizes like this uh, for for the days ahead, so we can be able to serve the good people of Greater Kumasi the needed uh, portable water they need.
2: So, problem has been solved? Yes, please. Very well. Uh, that's good news. Um, all the schools in there that were needing your services would be sorted at then. Um, and you have also been assured, have you been assured by the ECG that This interruption is over.
15: So, ECG is also doing its best uh, to, uh, I think, improve upon their systems. And then, I believe what happened yesterday wasn't as a result of maintenance. I think it was as a result of the storm uh, that uh, got the cable turned. But we are hoping and praying with them that uh, such unforeseen uh, circumstances shouldn't happen so that it does not have a severe impact on Ghana water. We are only praying that uh, all these things goes well so that we can also serve the good people of Greater Kumase and Ashanti region with potable water.
2: Very well. Thank you so much for speaking to us. That's Ebeneza Padina. He is the Ashanti Regional Communications Officer of the Ghana Water Limited. This is Eyewitness News and that's how we end tonight's edition of the show which came to you from our studios in Adabraka in Accra. My name is Umaru Sanda Amadu. I did this with Akosia Autry. Production by Cobna Wilson and Beverly in London. Technical support from Desmond Nyaku and new media support from Daniela Anyoriga and Edwin Kwakofi. We'll be back tomorrow at 17:30 GMT. Thank you for listening. Have a good night. Interactive
5: on Facebook, City 97.3 FM and on Twitter at City973.
7: 973.
5: City 97.3. Accra.
9: City
14: 97.3 More variety